his face, cause words, they don't do your power much justice. It's too great, too great to be bound by little letters we make up. And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory by calling you this and that. But the reality is that we can't fully comprehend how you can be all of who you are. And think of us. You think of me. Daily. You have a desire to be a part of my life, and I can't understand why. It's one of those things that's too good to be true. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. We are so glad that you're online with us today, and I just want to let you know that we've been praying for you. We know this is crazy, but God's in control, and we're all battling fear in some way, shape, or form. And so as we get ready to jump into our service here in a few minutes, I just want to remind you that we have hope in the Lord, and we're battling against fear. So check out this video. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us today. Lift your voice and sing with us. Yeah. 
get the privilege to sing to the one who saved our soul. Amen. I love that worship and praise of God can travel through a screen and through some cables and, and the internet today. And God is both transcendent and imminent, higher than we can imagine, but also so personal and approachable. And so that's why we sing to him. We get to lift our voice and, and sing praise to a God who sees us, who loves us, but is also maker of the stars. We get to sing.
Father, we look to you. You're where our help comes from. Father, I thank you for this time that we can just sit wherever we're at and worship your name despite our circumstance, God. That we can praise your name because of who you are, because of who we've seen you be. And I pray that just because one little thing is going on, or maybe a big thing is going on in our life, that we wouldn't abandon our knowledge of you being our healer, being our helper, battling the grave. And so we thank you for that, and we love you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us online today. I just want to take a second and just say God is so good. And you know what, guys? He is so in control. We know that we're sitting in chaos right now with this whole virus, but I just want to tell you that God is still sitting on his throne, and he is still in control. I just want to encourage you with that truth. Guys, we have had an incredible opportunity in this crazy chaos to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And God is giving us an opportunity to be the church now more than ever. As you can see behind me, what we're doing here at Crossroads is we're putting together Crossroads care packages. And so as you are doing grocery shopping for your house, you know, grab some bread and some peanut butter and jelly uh, or boxed mac and cheese and and bring it up to the church. You can set it uh, in a bag. You can just set it on the front porch or in the lobby. And we're going to partner with Blessings in a Backpack as well as so many in our community uh, who are in need right now. So we're asking our church uh, to partner with us as we do this, uh, as we impact the people in our communities, and we're going to watch God do a powerful work. And also, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for giving. You know, we give, uh, we give of, our, of our finances to see Jesus do amazing things, and we're seeing God do incredible things all over this community and beyond. And so thank you so much for giving, and I just want to encourage, I encourage you all to continue to give. Uh, if you go to the front page of our website, crossroadsministries.com, you can see that there's a little page on there on the front page uh, that explains a little bit more of ways that you can give. And so just thank you so much, and we're going to watch God continue to do amazing things with our finances, even though this is a time of pure chaos. I'm going to pray real quick because we're going to jump into the sermon, and so let's prepare our hearts as we hear the word of God. God, thank you so much for uh, being with us today. God, you're so good, and I'm so thankful that we can know and rest assured that you are in control. God, you still sit on your throne, and I'm so thankful, God, for this church, and I'm so thankful for you, Jesus, that you've never left us, you've never abandoned us, and God, you're you're with us right now. And so as we open up your word here in just a minute, God, I pray that uh, just the peace of knowing your truth would just wash over us. God, you're so good, and we love you so much, Jesus. In the powerful name of Christ, amen. Well, good morning, Crossroads, and thank you for joining us online today. We're so glad that you could join with us. 
As I've said multiple times, just because we cannot meet together does not mean that the church is not open. While the building is not open, the church is still the church, and we are being the church. I saw one person said this, the church is not closed, the church has been deployed. So folks, we want to thank you so much for all that you're doing out there in our community. You all are making a difference. I want to shout out to so many of our people this morning. I want to thank God for Mike Gillo and our video team. Uh, they have made this possible, and they are up there streaming us live right now, and I appreciate them, what they're doing to, to make this work. Thankful for our worship team. Thankful for uh, the, the people in our church that are helping each other to find out how to get online. Just even this morning, somebody called and was asking one of, one of my friends this morning, how do I get online? And he was helping them. Just go to our website and help them find that, right? So uh, I'm thankful for so many people in our church that are getting online. You know, I heard one of our ladies, she's 82 years old, comes on Saturday night. Her name is Ruth Griffins. And I heard that Ruth actually got online last week, and I'm so excited to hear that. I heard that Marianne Mickett, everybody loves Marianne. I know you're missing Marianne Mickett when you come in on Sundays. She's the lady who typically hugs at the door. And sorry, Marianne, you can't hug anybody for quite a while right now. But we, uh, we thank you, Marianne. I know that you're watching this morning, and you're gathering with us. So uh, everybody give a shout-out to your friends and, and, uh, and just connect with them. I want to encourage you to connect with each other all over the place because God is doing great things. Even though we're not meeting together, we're gathering this the, to, together today online. And so as we do that, I also want to thank a few people. First of all, I'd like to thank all the health care workers. You know, all the, uh, all, the, all the people in our church, there's many people in our church that are health care providers we have doctors, we have nurses, and we have nurse practitioners. And this morning, if you are a health care provider, uh, I want to say thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Nurses, aides, doctors, everybody, uh, you're, you're out there in, on the front lines of this battle. And we say thank you for our people that are out there. And thank you to all of our health care providers out there that are making a difference in our community right now. Uh, the, the other first responders I'd like to thank is the people at the grocery store. Many of our people do work at grocery stores and places like that, and I want to say thank you. I, I want to encourage you, when you go to the grocery store this week and you make your, your supply run, uh, would you go in and would you thank those people? Uh, just say thank you. We, we appreciate that you're out on the front lines because they are involved and they're out beside people all the time, and they're putting their, their self at risk of getting this coronavirus as well. So I want to thank all of our first responders, our medical people, our people that are out there that are still able to work and still able to forge forward and keep things going. And, uh, and we thank you for that so much, for your, for your service right now. And so we thank you for your service to our country, to our community, to us here today. And then I want to say thank you to Crossroads. The, the next picture I'm going to put up here is this. This is uh, all the food that came in. Uh, uh, this week we've been doing a food drive, and, and this food drive is going to continue. So I'm going to encourage you just to go get your bag. Go, go on. When you go to Giant Eagle, uh, you know, they give these little bags there. Grab an extra bag and, uh, and take it and fill it up. Obviously pay first, but fill it up. Put the things in there and, uh, that, that can help other people. Maybe it's a jar of peanut butter. Maybe it's some jelly. Maybe it's a loaf of bread and uh, some cans of tuna, canned soup, whatever. Just throw it in there. Think what you could use as a little bit extra and drop it off at the church. The church will be open 9 to 5 every day this week. And we're calling these Crossroads Care Packages. So I want to really encourage you because lots of people have gotten in on this. And we're going to continue this. I was able to be out there on Friday. 
and we came alongside Blessings in the backpack, and we, we gave them the food, and they were able to hand it out, and it was wonderful right here in our own community. So there's so much more, and, and today in our foyer, there's, there's a bunch more that has come in, and we want to encourage you. Everybody's asking, what can I do? What can I do? Well, that's what you can do. Look at what one of our young people have done here. This is Mariah Gobrich. Mariah is one of our young people in the church. She's probably uh, 15, 16 years old. She learned how to sew the mask, these surgical masks. And so she learned how to do that. Her mother taught her, Alicia Curry, her mom, great lady, sat down as a family, and they learned how to do this. And, and then she put a, a thing on her porch outside. And so the next slide here is this. The, the, here she is outside, and she's made these. And she's gone out, and she's given these to, uh, to health care providers. And so they know where they can get them. And so she's, it's a tremendous thought, tremendous care. And here's a young person says, what can I do? How can I get involved? And, and she heard an idea and she ran with it. I think there's a few other people in our church that are doing this as well, as I've talked to a few people this week. But Mariah in particular, uh, she, she was able to do this. And one of the nurses took one of the masks and look what they sent to her mother. This is the actual text from her mother uh, to her mother. I just drove home from the hospital with tears in my eyes, not from fear or sadness. Just feeling the love of God through your effort and extreme thoughtfulness. Oh, how I love that. Isn't, isn't that what we're all about? How to, how to make your light shine before men. We talked about that several weeks ago. Right now is the time, church, to be the church. And that's exactly what this young lady's doing. And her mother responded to this nurse. That means more than you will ever know. We love Jesus. The whole point of doing this is to be his light in the darkest of times. Folks, we have a tremendous opportunity to make an impact. This is our time. And, folks, we are not running from the situation. We're running to it. That's what the church has always done. And for years, the church, uh, you look at history, the church was never afraid of these things. The church ran to it. And so while we may not be able to gather, we're running to it. And I want to thank you, people of Crossroads, for what you've been doing. As we jump into our message today, we've been talking about the parables of Jesus. And as you look at the parables of Jesus, Jesus would often tell a story and he would, he would leave it kind of hanging there and, and you would have to walk away and, and put the whole story together. As he would say it, it would, it, would, it would click inside of your heart. And as I prepared for today, I'm reminded of, uh, of some things that I used to keep and I used to value. When, when I was younger, I'll never forget, I was in high school. And that, that movie came out, Star Wars, the original Star Wars. And, and, and I lost my mind. My Uncle Tom, he took me to see this movie, Star Wars. And I actually went out and I collected the trading cards. Remember, you got that little package of trading cards, 25 cents back in those days. You ripped it open and there was a stick of gum and you had like five trading cards. There was Luke Skywalker. There was R2-D2. There was Chewie. And so we had all these cards. And what I did, I was, I was, the, I was that kid who said, I'm going to collect them all. So I got them all, and, and I don't have many things like this in my life, but I have the entire original set of Star Wars collecting cards. So as I take that Star Wars collecting cards, and, and I had to take good care of that. They're sealed in a Ziploc bag in my basement now. I have moved them all throughout life. You know, when you were in high school, you had your stuff. Then, then you went to college, you had your stuff. Then you, then you got married and you had to get rid of half your stuff. But I kept that, all right? So I, I kept going and I was able to, to, to stay and keep this. And it's my little box downstairs of the, of the Star Wars cards. 
And for years, I've had to make a great sacrifice. It's not a, not a real big sacrifice, but I had to sacrifice some space. I had to sacrifice some care. I had to make sure that these things were well taken care of. And it just got me thinking about our, our parable today. Because the value you place on something, the value that you place on something is shown by what you'll give up. And, and that is so true for all of us today. Your, your mind has been brought into thinking about the value of everything in our world right now. What was important to you just a few weeks ago is no longer that important. What is important to you today is your health. What's important to you today is your family. What's important to you today is your church. Uh, the, the things that, that matter the most, you care for it, and we've gone down to the basics of what matters the most. And you know what? I'll make the greatest sacrifice for those things. The greatest sacrifices of my life will be for my family, for my health, for my church, for my church family. That's the greatest things, right? So, so the value that you place on something is shown by what you'll give up for it. Now, let's look at the parable that Jesus taught here. And I'm going to bring this in. And I'm going to give you some hope for what we're dealing with today in today's world. Because there's a tremendous value to this lesson here this morning. These are two of the shortest parables that you're going to find in the Bible. Uh, Jesus, as he was teaching, he would just teach and he'd drop these little thoughts here, right? Well, check this out. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Uh, just imagine, he, Jesus just kind of throws us out there. Then he continues on. Again, verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one, of the, one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And he's telling us this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. So we're kind of like, wait a minute, what is, what's, what's he talking about here? So, so the very first one, verse 44, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. You know, when, when you think of that, we, we don't really understand that. Like, what do you mean a treasure hidden in the field? Uh, who, who doesn't dream of finding a great treasure? I know I've often dreamed of finding a great treasure. Remember back in the day, I heard a story about somebody in Pittsburgh. And uh, they bought a house, I believe it was in the Mount Oliver section. I was, uh, I was young. My dad had, had just died, so I was in my early 30s. And I heard this story about a man who bought a house in the Mount Oliver section of Pittsburgh. And as he went in, and he just was, he bought it because he got it for dirt cheap, and he was wanting to redo the house. And so he ripped out all the walls. And he got down to the, to the lower levels, and he ripped out the, the plaster walls. And inside that wall was $127,000 cash. Now, that's a treasure. He wasn't looking for it, but he found it. And so, so you know, I had that in my mind. So I'm going to sell the house that my dad had after he passed away. And I'm up in the attic. I didn't, I've never told anybody this. Now I'm telling it to more people than ever today, right? So I went up in the attic, and I'll never forget this. I go up there with a flashlight, and we had that old bats of insulation. And I'm, you know, I'm up there crawling around. Nobody is around because, I, you know, if I find the treasure, I don't want to have to share it, right? So I'm up there. I'm looking, and I'm, I'm just looking because it was an old home, and I was hoping that I would find something like that. 
Well, my wife wouldn't let me rip the walls out, so I had to settle for digging in the, in the attic, and we never found any treasure. But whenever you think of a, a, a treasure finder, you, you think, of, think of people uh, that, that, have, that have something of great value, right? You find this great value. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And so what would happen back in those days was, uh, was that they didn't have banks like we have. And so you wouldn't put a great treasure what would you do with it? They would take it and they would go and they would dig and hide this treasure in the backyard. Hide it out in your field. Hide it out in a piece of land. One of the archaeology digs at the, at the place called Qumran, uh, for example, found a map with 64 places with the hidden treasures. 64 places. Now, that's a whole lot of treasure. So at this point, Jesus, in his day, they lived with the excitement of some, maybe you could find a buried treasure. But if you would bury it, you would typically remember that. So this man comes and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and covered up. So the man finds this great treasure and, uh, and he goes back to the owner of the land. And he says, now what do you want for this piece of land? And then the three greatest words in this are then in his joy. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So, so imagine the joy. You go and you say, all right. Now, Jesus was not teaching here on moral ethics on how, what you should do. This presents a great issue, doesn't it? Like, why would the man know that there was a great treasure but go and try to buy the field and not tell him about his treasure that was on the field, right? That wasn't what Jesus was talking about. Jesus is telling you, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a treasure. The man finds the treasure covered up, and then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has. So imagine, he goes over to the, uh, to the owner of the land, and he says, listen, I want to buy your land. I want to buy your field. How much? And the man gives him an exorbitant price. And he says, well, I, I know I can do that because there's a treasure far more than what I'm going to get. There's a treasure far more than what I'm going to give on that land. And so I'll buy all the land, but I really want that treasure, right? Jesus says this is what the kingdom of God is like. The second parable makes the same point. Look here at, uh, at verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. Uh, the one who discovers, he's, he's in search of fine pearls. I remember going this year, I went down on a conference just actually a few weeks ago. We were down in Florida, and I took my wife with me, and we, we were at this conference, and we decided to take a little bit of time and go to that Disney Springs area. You know, it's that free area where you can go and just and, and walk and buy, buy an overpriced meal, really, okay? So we went down there and walked around Disney Springs. It was just so beautiful, and there was a jewelry stand. It was a kiosk, and, I, and it, was, it, was, it said pearls on it. And I go over, and I said, honey, come on, I'll buy you a pearl. She goes, no, you're not buying me a pearl. I said, come on, honey, you know how much you love me. She goes, I know how much pearls cost. And so uh, we go over and we look at the pearls, and I'm like, how much could a pearl possibly be out in a kiosk, right? Seven, eight, ten thousand $10,000 pearls. Pearls have great value. In that day, if you, if you could find a pearl, it was uh, like you, you'd be hunting for a treasure. And so he talks here, he says, uh, the, the, the treasure of this uh, this is a great treasure. It's like a merchant in search of fine pearls. So he knows that there's great value. Who on finding one pearl, all you need is one pearl. He went and sold all that he had and bought it. 
because the pearl was so such a great, great value. You know, uh, I was reading about Cleopatra. They said that Cleopatra had a, a pearl that would have been valued in today's term at $4 billion. That's like incredible. Like, like uh, when, you, when you put that all together, the, this, this amount of money for that little precious pearl. Well, what's God teaching us? Uh, how can we apply this to our life today? What, 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 is, what is God talking to us about here today? First of all, I want you to catch this as you look through this. Number one, a treasure is easy to miss. It is very easy to miss. It is very possible to miss a great treasure. Can you imagine the man who owned that land and he sells the land off? And, oh, yeah, he, he's, he got more than what he thought he could get for that land. But he finds out later that the treasure is on that land. I've heard stories of people that just sold land recently and the next donor gets the gas rights. And they hit the jackpot. It's possible to miss a great treasure. And you know, for, for spiritually, God's teaching us here about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Why is it easy for us? How could we possibly miss this? Like many of you are, are watching today and say, how could you miss the, the love of God? How could you miss this? Let me show you a few ways that you can miss it. Number one is that uh, the glory of Jesus was hidden in an earthly body. The glory of Jesus was hidden in an earthly body. Isaiah 53, verse 2 says this, For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him. He had no beauty that we should desire him. The, the, the face of Jesus, the, the, the presence of Jesus was not physically impressive. He had no form or majesty. You wouldn't be thinking of him as a king as you walked through the streets. And by the way, next Sunday's Palm Sunday. We're going to be celebrating King Jesus, right? It says that he had no form of majesty. You didn't just naturally look at Jesus and say, wow, I want to be with him. As a matter of fact, it says that he had no beauty that we should desire him. Did you ever study great leaders? Uh, you go through, and there's a, a study about the height of great leaders. Like, m- many great leaders are six foot and taller. Remember Abraham Lincoln? Go to the Wax Museum, you'll, you'll see just how tall some of our leaders have been. And, and so, that's what man looks upon. Uh, God, he sent his son, and he says here that his son was, was not very beautiful. I, he, it was very humble. He wore ordinary clothes. He ate ordinary food. And for that reason, many people missed him. And you know, God did that so that he would attract you and I to himself. He did that so that people would not come and just use him for his power. He did that so that we could, uh, so that we could have eternal life from the humble king. And so many people missed it because of his humility. Many people missed it because he was not flashy. It would be very interesting. Some of you have a picture in your home of what people think that Jesus looked like. And it's always this kind of stoic look, isn't it? But Jesus came and there was no form. There was no beauty. There was nothing that said, man, I'm going to go after him. You know, uh, and and many people today uh, will choose leaders based upon some of that. God says, no, 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 no. I'm sending my son in a humble manner. The second thing is that the power of the gospel is hidden in its simplicity. How could you miss it? Because the gospel is just so simple. The gospel message is not impressive on the surface because many people are looking for, give me a list that I can do. And that's called religion. 
religion in general is give me a list. And so if, if I can feed the poor, check. If I can go do this, check. And what it is, it becomes a way that you think that you're appeasing God. But God has given us something so much simpler. And that is this, that Jesus came to the earth. And he died. He paid for your sin once for all, forever. He was buried. Three days later, he rose again. And in the same way that Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says that that we will have the power to live our life. Folks, as you're going through this season right now, I want to remind you of the simplicity of the gospel. I want to remind you to the simplicity of who Jesus is and come to trust him. Just put your faith in him and, 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 and understand that he died on the cross and he paid for your sin. Um, if you've been following Christ for some time, now's the time to strip back and come down to the simplicity of the gospel. Look here at 1 Corinthians 1.18. It says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved. So the, the cross, Jesus dying on the cross and coming back to life again, the Scripture says that that is foolishness to the world, to the mind that is not ready to hear it, to the mind that is looking for the checklist. God says that is foolishness. But look what he says to us. To those who are being saved, it is the power of God. This is the power of God that we would come and we would understand who he is, what he did on the cross, and it is life transformational. Look what First Peter 1.12 says thinking about the simplicity of the gospel. It says it was revealed to them that, that they were serving not themselves, but you. And the things that have now been announced to you through those who preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. The gospel, the good news. He says, to the, to, for the good news that has been presented to you, he says that, you know, look what he says here. These things into which angels long to look. The message that was sent to us from God, the, the, the cross of Jesus Christ, he says that this is what angels long to look. And so even the angels, now check this out. The angels, they were present at creation. They saw, they witnessed creation. The angels witnessed whenever Moses parted the Red Sea. The angels got to witness all of this, and the thing that they are looking into is the message of Jesus. The thing that they're looking into, they're leaning in this morning, and they're saying, this, how can it be that simple? They long to see what we have. A simple child can understand it. Folks, this book, the Bible, God's Word, is so simple. Even a child can understand it. I'm so thankful our, our Canopy Kids is going to be online. You can watch that on our Facebook page today at 1 o'clock. Listen, they are, they are, we are teaching the kids the truths of God's Word. It is so simple that a child can understand it. But yet it is profound that you will go your whole life and you will still have questions when you get in to see God face to face. It is simple. It is the simplicity of the gospel. So uh, many people tell me they become bored with Christianity. They become bored with just the same old message. And may I tell you, do not be bored. Right now you're in a place of uh, life is, can be a little bit boring right now. You, some of you are going stir crazy in your homes. Some of you are just on each other's nerves all the time because you can't get out of that house. I'm going to encourage you. Take the Word of God. Uh, as the sunshine has finally started to come to Pittsburgh a little bit, sit outside and just read a few verses. 
open up. Go to the book of John. Go to the Psalms and take God's Word in and let it soak into your soul. The gospel truth is like a well. And may I share, you, share it with you like this. You don't dig a, dale, a well wide. You dig a well deep. And the more you go in to draw, the more that you will get out. And so, folks, I want to encourage you. I've heard people say, well, you know, I tried to read the Bible once and it didn't get me. Well, you have to keep coming back. You have to keep going to the well. Uh, the beauty of the gospel is hidden in ordinary believers. This is another reason that people miss, can miss the treasure. How can you miss this great treasure? Like God gave us this great opportunity to have a relationship with Him, and, and so we missed it because, of, uh, because Jesus just was simply uh, a, a common man. And then because the, the message is simple. And may I say this, that God just uses simple people. He uses ordinary people. He uses people like me. He uses people like you. All this week I've been watching as God's ordinary people have come up and stepped up to the plate. I've, uh, I would sit in my office throughout this week as there's less than ten people here for sure this week. Um, we've asked you to drop off food. And as I would look out the window, I would see a car come up. I would see one of our members come up with a bag of food, drop it off on the porch, and then they would just simply head home. And I see this. This is the impact that, that people are having. This is the impact that Jesus has. He's using ordinary people like you, like me, to do His work. I want you to think about what God says here in His Word. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1.26, He says, Not many of you were wise by human standards. I love that. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose, the next verse says that God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. This was God's choosing. This is how God chooses. If Jesus himself was not something to look at, why would God come and say, well, give me all the people that are something to look at? No, no, no. That's not what he did. He said, I'm going to choose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. I'm going to choose, God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Verse 28, he continues on and he says, He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. So why did God do it like this? Why did God hide his treasure? His treasure is hidden inside of me. It's hidden inside of you. Why did he do that? He says so that no one can boast before him. You know, when I get to heaven, I won't be able to say to God, you know what, God, look what I've done for you. God says, no, 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 look what I've done for you. I died on the cross. I paid for your sin. And I gave you this opportunity to not only live in heaven with me, but I gave you the opportunity to serve me. And folks, that's what's happening right now. This world is, is, is gone awry. Um, there's tension. There's, there's fear. There's all kind of things that are happening out there. And at the last two weeks, as we've talked about how to deal with fear, I want you to know that that is what God has given you, not the spirit of fear, but he's given you a power and sound mind. He's given you his presence, and you get to share that great message to those around him, around you. 
It is because of you that it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus. Verse 30. It's because of Jesus, because of what God has done, that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. Uh, don't be fooled by the plainness of the package. It's just so easy to look at the package and, and just throw it away, to judge a book by its cover, right? Um, C.S. Lewis in, in the Screw Tape Letters. Screw Tape Letters is a, a great book. I want to encourage you. Maybe you go on and get a Kindle and download that. Um, it's a book about a senior demon talking to a junior demon. So it's just, just kind of written in, in, in a little bit of an uh, allegory, if you will. And so he says that the senior demon tells the, the junior demon, he says this. Inside of this book, screw tape letters, this is what he says. He says, play up. The senior demon tells the junior demon, play up the disappointment he feels at church. Play up and make him notice the voices that are out of tune all around him. Make him notice the odd clothing that people are wearing. Make him notice the cheap Christian jewelry. How so many people of them, uh, so many of those people are unattractive. He will believe that because some of these people look so ridiculous, he will believe that the religion of those people must be so ridiculous. Folks, maybe that's what's happening to you. Maybe you're just scrolling through social media and you've found us this morning and, and, and maybe that's been what you've thought. You've thought, well, look at the church. Look at the people. That, you know, there's hypocrites there. There's people who do this. and you, uh, you know, I don't like the music. I don't like how they act. I don't like how they dress. May I share with you that, uh, that that's a, a tactic of the enemy to get us to be broken, to get us away from our God. So the, the very first thing that we find in these two parables today is this, that, uh, that you can miss the great treasure. Like there's, there's a field, and in the middle is the great treasure. It's the house in Mount Oliver, and there's $127,000 in the wall. And how many owners had it before the man who found the great treasure? There's a great treasure found in God. And so what, what am I willing to sacrifice for that? The good part is the sacrifice was made on the cross of Jesus Christ. This is what the second thought of these parables today is this. The gospel calls us to greater joy. The gospel, the good news of Jesus, the message that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, calls us to greater joy. In his joy, remember I said that in the first parable, it says that in his joy, he was joyful when he sold everything off. And folks, I want to encourage you that, uh, that following God is not a drudgery. This is something that is joyful. I liken it unto marriage. You know, whenever I went to the altar, I didn't go on the altar. I didn't go into the altar that day and say, oh man, look what I have to give up. I can't date anybody else. I'm only going to be able to give myself to you. My wife would have ran out of the room if I did it like that. And listen, God says, don't come to me like that. I want you to have the joy. I want you to see what you're walking away from and what you're coming to. You know, whenever I, whenever I uh, uh, got married, I walked away from multiple opportunities everywhere. And I came to the greatest thing that ever happened in my life was my wife. And so many people have got to come to realize that in Jesus Christ, you've got to walk away from the other opportunities, other things that call for lesser joy. Now, this is a great thought that I read. It said this, that God is not upset with you. God is not upset at you. 
because you want to be happy. He's not mad at you because you want to be happy. I think most people want to be happy. That's a human instinct. That's a human desire. We, we want to be happy. Jesus gave the Beatitudes, right? He said, blessed, happy are you if you do this. So he understands that you have this desire to be happy. But if you can understand it like this, God is not upset at you because you want to be happy. He is upset for you because you want to be happy in things beside him. Any man, any wife would be upset if their spouse were happy in someone else. God likens the church to the bride of Christ. And he says this. He says that he gave himself. He sacrificed himself. He loves himself. So as I see this, these, these parables this morning, he gave himself for the church. You know who the church is? You. He is not upset at you. He is upset for you. You know, whenever I watch, watch uh, your kids, when you watch your kids make a mistake, you're not upset at them. You're upset for them. And you, you know, you, you say, man, I wish I could change that for them. But in the meantime, sometimes they have to make their own decisions. And they will one day come back and find the reality of the error. And so God today is saying, I'm not upset at you. I'm upset for you. And I think whenever you understand that, um, you know, God has given us joy. We have this great opportunity to have joy. Look what Nehemiah said. He was building the wall. We studied this last year in January. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, man, that's so powerful. Where are you going to get your strength to go through these days? These times that you're looking at, how are you going to get strength for, the, for, for this journey? It's not going to be by some routine, although I think you need to have some routine. Uh, it's not going to be the day that they lift the stay-at-home order. It's not going to be all those things won't bring you joy. Because you're going to have more skepticism. There's going to be more problems. And as we get through this hurdle, there's other things. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And so I want to encourage you today to find your strength in the Lord's, in the joy of the Lord. And, and as we do that, the joy of the Lord is your strength to obey. That is what He's given you. He's given you your strength to obey. And as you begin to obey the Lord... You see what God has said in His Word. Right now you have some extreme situations. How do I obey the Lord? How do I get along with my family? The joy of the Lord is how you do that. How do I get along right now? Listen, some of you are, 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 are going to have to work on family relationships right now because you've never spent this much time together. And God says the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. Not, hey, I read a book on how to get along with my wife. No, 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 no. The joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. He will be your strength to obey. The joy of the Lord is going to be your contentment in the mundane, in the boring parts of life. You know, Jesus can give you joy even during the boring, mundane parts of life. Some of you have been talking about your job for a while, and, and, and before this you said it was mundane. And listen, God can give you joy in the midst of your uh, in the midst of your mundane, he will give you contentment. And so today, many of you are staying at home, obviously. Many people are not working, and my heart is going out. We are praying, and I want you to know, I've talked to several people already that have been laid off. And here at the church, we're praying for you. We're trying to call as many people as we can to get in touch with you. Why? Because you encourage us, because we want to encourage you. 
The joy of the Lord will be your contentment even in the time of layoff. The joy of the Lord will be your hope in trials. This is what God says. Uh, he says, listen, I've, I'm with you. I'm not immune. I, I, I'm sorry, you are not immune, but I'm with you. Uh, you will have troubles. The, world's, uh, the world will have troubles, but I will give you peace. And so what I want to ask you today is this. Have you understood how that you can get through this trial? You can get through this trial by your hope. My hope is in the Lord. See, my hope is not that this trial will end. Because, yeah, I know that God is with me. And I know that we have trials. And I do know that we will get through this. But my hope is greater than that. My hope is in the Lord. My hope is with Him. The joy of the Lord is my hope. So I get my hope from there. Second Corinthians 12.9 says that my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made weakness... My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, the Apostle Paul said those because he went through some great hardships. When he is weak, then he is strong. Do you know why he could do that? Because he had the joy of the Lord as his hope. His hope was not to get through it. His hope was to walk with God. And the joy of the Lord is our hope this morning. And so I want to ask you today, have you made Jesus your treasure? Uh, is, is the greatest joy of your life come from knowing him? Has he become your treasure? The gospel calls us to greater joy Psalm 4, 7, I love this, says that you have put more joy in my heart than they have with the, when they have grain and, and wine. When they have all their grain and wine, when everything is good, when everything is full, when the party's going strong, God says that he puts more joy in our heart than anything the world can offer you. So when the stock market comes back, God says, I give you more joy. In, I want to give you more joy in your heart than when the stock market's high. I want to give you more joy in your heart than when you get your job back. I want to give you more joy in your heart than when you get your health back. God's, now listen, all those things are important to us. But this is the greater. This supersedes it all. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be concerned about those things. But understand that God has given you a greater joy. Oh, you know, if I could look back to the, to the young guy, Ken Barner, whenever I was five years old and you told me about the great joy and the great things, you, you told me that I'd be married and have a great, great wife and a great family, Probably as a five-year-old kid, I would have just responded to you and said, gee, that's nice. Is there any more donuts? And I would have just had a little bit of fun. But as I got older, I started to understand the value. And, you know, I made value. I made sacrifice for those little bit of cards I told you about at the beginning. But I found something that has greater value. I, I, I found a relationship with God, and I've made tremendous sacrifices for that. And why have I made those sacrifices for that? Because Jesus gave everything for you. Jesus gave everything to you. He was the one who made the greatest sacrifice of all. And so when you start to understand this, that, that the treasure, you are the treasure. 
God gave, gave you his treasure in Jesus Christ. He loved you. He came. He saw that you were on the field. He buys the whole field. Look here, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This was God's plan. He gave everything. What He saw the treasure. It was you. It was me. He wanted to die. He, he came. He stripped himself of everything. The Bible says that he emptied himself and became a man. God leaves heaven, becomes flesh, and he does it so that you, so that the only begotten son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. God himself did not spare his own son, but he gave him up for you. What's he say? How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Folks, I want to encourage you today, as you're going through this tremendous season in your life, this is a season that we're all going through. This is painful. I want you to remember that you are God's treasure. God sacrificed everything for you. He gave himself up for you so that you might have eternal life and so that you may have life that begins now and goes into eternity. Uh, God is your provider, folks. Look at that verse. He will give us what we need. God's going to take care of you. And so as you're going through this, here's the hope, folks. Here's the hope. God loves you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Psalm 32.7, and I'm going to wrap up with this thought today. Psalm 32.7 says that you are my hiding place. Oh, God, this is the psalmist crying out to God. God, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with the songs of deliverance. The treasure that you have found in Christ is not just going to heaven when you die. The treasure that you have found in Christ is a hiding place. He is your hiding place. And I invite you to Him this morning. If you've not yet opened your heart to Jesus, I want to invite you to pray and trust Him right now. It starts right there. Maybe for some of you, you've been going to get your joy and hoping that it will be better news, that you'll hear a better briefing today, that this stay-at-home order will be lifted. Folks, that's not going to give you joy. Only God can do it. He is your hiding place. He is your protector. There's no safer place. Let's just bow in prayer this morning. And just right there in in the privacy of your home, I want to invite you to trust Jesus and just open up your heart and pray and thank Him. Maybe you've not opened your heart to Jesus yet and and you know that you need to. And God's allowing your heart to reach out to Him today. I want to encourage you, just tell God that. Just just pray something like this. Dear God, I need you. God, I have been all over the map. I'm a sinner. I've done wrong things. I've offended the holy God. But I, I've just heard that Jesus died on the cross. He paid for my sin. He came back to life for me. God, I found my treasure today. It's Jesus. I invite you into my life. And for others here this morning, as you're watching, maybe you're saying, wow, I need to, I need to come back to that. Maybe, maybe you started a relationship with God some time ago, but you've, you've walked away from that, and you've let 
everything of the news, of the media, of everything, destroy your peace. Come get your peace from God. He is your hiding place. Let me just pray for your church. Dear God, I come before you, and I thank you for who you are. God, I pray a blessing of hope and peace upon our people, Lord. I thank you that you are here, that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us. God, I thank you for the people that just now trusted Jesus as their personal Savior. They did that just now. God, to you be the glory. God, for many of, many of our people out there today, they, they are responding to you and they're saying, Wow, I, I've, been, I've been going and getting my peace in other places. They have been finding their treasure in other things. God, bring us back to you. Be with each one of us, Lord. These are trying times. We are unsettled. Things are uncertain. But you are not. You are certain. You are the rock upon which we can build our life. God, thank you for the peace that you've given us. Thank you for these parables that teach us that the kingdom of heaven is what the treasure is. You are the treasure. God, thank you for allowing us to come and follow you. Thank you for surrendering everything and buying us with the price of your son as your treasure. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us online today. I want to say thank you. I want to encourage you, if you just prayed with me today, would you go to our website, go to crsmin.com, look up the Connect card. There's an online Connect card. Please let us know that you've trusted Jesus today. If you just pray with me, let us know. I'd like to ask everybody who's watched today, go to our website and, uh, and hit that Connect card so that we can know that, uh, that you're here with us. Uh, please uh, give us a prayer request. And on that note, I want to invite you to join us this week at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. I'm going to go live on Facebook. So go to the church website. You'll see a link there to Facebook. And uh, go to the church Facebook page, and you will find us live online. We're going to just have a time of prayer. And we'll allow you to give prayer requests, and, and we're just going to interact through the Facebook technology there but that'll be at seven o'clock 6 30 the kids kids ministry will go on live at uh, at 6 30 on wednesday night and then at seven we'll come on live for our, us as adults and i just want to encourage you get a watch party going on let's spread the word within our church family we're going to come and seek the face of almighty god god bless you thank you and have a great day dark room in silence fuel imagination tonight the stars shine bright and spell my name the winter cold chill blows away and bonfire fire warms my heart under the night sky I'm drifting off in the deep of the valley your presence I'm a
its truth and power will always remain. But as my eyes close and mind awakes, no words come to fill the space. Cause words, they don't do your power much justice. It's too great. Too great to be bound by little letters we make up. And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand them.